Good morning, everyone. Hi, friends. It's good to be with you. Mm -hmm. uh, today we are going to be uh, we're going to be in the Book of Exodus, actually. Yeah. And um, we are not headed into a series at the moment. We have still we're kind of in this in between time where we're going week by week, choosing texts that um, really we feel kind of led to do. Uh -huh. And um, so today we'll be looking at uh, ten, Exodus uh, 20, verses 1 through 17, which you might note as the Ten Commandments. And I just want you to think for a moment about how many times you've heard the Ten Commandments and all the different places it's been mentioned and, you know, it's referred to probably more than almost anything else we could think of. But um, I really want you to try to hear something different today. Um, we're going to read it at some point, and I'm going to invite you in to listen to it. Um, and I want to, I want some freshness today. And I really think God has that for us. So, yeah. yeah. So and I, I would say, I know that you said that this isn't a part of a series, um, but I, I feel like it really will connect with our series next week that we'll, we'll announce in announcements and everything, but, uh, we're going to leave you hanging. We're going to leave one. you hanging, but I really do feel like it is a foundational mm -hmm. piece towards moving into our series next week and that will take us through lent so we'll let you know more about that i bet you're all on this on the edge of your seat can't <laughs> we, wait we, to find we've out been, we've been thinking a lot about where 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 we're going yeah. um in terms of teaching and, and we think we, we, we have we think we have some some really uh great clarity and, and we're excited to bring you into it yeah. next week yeah so this one does i suppose every message that we come with before god's word with uh, belongs in our lives and moves us into a different way of seeing anything around us. So uh, this is one of those as well. Right, we should get started. Yeah, okay. okay. Um, so this is, as Jason said, we're going to be in the Ten Commandments. It's also called the Decalogue. Mm -hmm. And this is a very foundational piece of scripture for God's people. And as Christians, we are included and grafted into the people of God. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the, the Old Testament is just as relevant as the New Testament in our minds and in our hearts. Uh, when Jesus and his disciples would study the scriptures, and even after Christ rose from the dead and, and, and ascended into heaven, and these disciples were starting their churches and trying to mm -hmm. figure out what it looked like to be faithful uh, to the leading of God, they studied the scriptures. And the scriptures they studied was the Old Testament, mm -hmm. the Torah, the, the, the books of prophets. And, um, and these are important parts to our understanding of God and the way God right. moves and lives in this world and the way that we move and live and have our being in this world as well. So uh, we, we, sometimes we have to look at these foundational pieces to recognize where God is leading us. And even more than like where God is leading us, sometimes we obsess over where we're supposed to be going that we can actually lose sight of who we are. In our obsession of getting to where we need to be, or some sort of space of like, well, what is the next right thing that I'm supposed to do? When we think about it too much almost, we can lose sight of who we are. And these sorts of foundational pieces of scripture root us in the fact that God is with us, that God is trustworthy, and that God has a word of how we are meant to live in the midst of wondering what comes next. Yeah, and there's, uh, and there's what I always go back to with scripture is there's a reason why these um, stories have sustained through time. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a reason why they were included. I mean, there was probably many more beyond this, but these are the ones that made it into this, you know, the book that we we mm -hmm. use in our in our faith. So yeah, and one of the um, foundational things about 
this particular passage is that it's coming after, uh, it comes about in the story of Israel, where they have been enslaved in Egypt for generations. The people of Israel only knew enslavement. They hadn't known anything beyond that. I'm sure that the, a lot of the stories of the, the oral Torah, the, the, the spoken out stories of God, of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, their foundations there were spoken over them in many ways, but they were really an enslaved people who didn't find their identity in Yahweh, in the one true God. And so this sort of, um, this Decalogue, this Ten Commandments comes after Moses has taken, has, has helped the Israelites escape out of slavery in Egypt and have now come into a new way of living in the world. And what we see before, before we ever get to those Ten Commandments, before God ever speaks out the intentions of how God wants his people to live uh, in this world, God shows up in really radical ways to kind of cement and um, make make a strong, and I know we keep saying this word foundation, but there's there's gotta be something there. Make a strong foundation for the people who they are, their identity. So so before he even before God even gets to that place, God uh, has the plagues that they all experience. Um, they they are rescued out of slavery in Egypt. They go through the Red Sea on dry land. Um, God shows up through this pillar of fire in the nighttime and, and a cloud of, of, or a big cloud during the day. So God's presence is with them. Um, they're, they're thirsty and God provides water in multiple ways, like from a rock. And then they get to come across this really bitter water and, um, and Moses throws this log in it and it makes the water turn sweet. And so God provides that way. And they also get manna and they get quail. And so again and again, we see these like mighty works of God's provision that God keeps showing up to them in really profound ways, saying to them, I am trustworthy. I am with you. You are not alone. I don't, and God's not saying, hey, you're, this is where you're going to end up eventually. Like, like, I mean, there's like the promised land and everything like that, but they didn't know what it looked like or how yeah. to get there. Yeah. They just knew that God's presence was with them in that moment and in that day before God ever said, this is what it looks like to be my people. Yeah, and let's just say um, God's people, they went through it. You know, yeah. when I say it, I'm referring to like that human experience that every single person on this planet goes through, some worse than others. Mm. Um, and even in this moment, um, we're going through it. Yeah. Like this is a, this, these are moments where um, things are shifting in, in new directions and unknown territory, unknown places, uncertainty. Yeah full of doubt, full of untrustworthiness, unfaithfulness. I mean, all of those things are so palpable to us. Mm. Um, and, and it's so reflective in, in the story of God. That's right. That's right. So with that, though, it, it's also like God, God was trying. He, God wanted, wanted the people to see that God was trustworthy. Absolutely. But once they recognized God's trustworthiness, God wanted to create a people or form a people that were willing to live a life marked by justice and peace. And so the Ten Commandments then become this picture of what worshiping God looks like through our justice and through our peace. You know, when Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was, he was uh, asked by 
by a Pharisee one day what it was, and Jesus replied, the one that everybody would have known, the Shema, which is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then Jesus tacked on another one that's found in Deuteronomy, and it is to love your neighbor as yourself. And what we see within the Ten Commandments is we see this beginning part of what it looks like to love God and the second part of what it looks like to love your neighbor. Mm -hmm. So to live in relationship as God's people, how to worship God looks like this fidel this uh what's the word? Fidelity. Fidelity, thank you, of relationship with God and, and with, with the people around you. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're gonna see here. The sense of justice and peace is like the foundation of what God is doing through these Ten Commandments. So yeah. are uh, like are the commandments like would you say they're rules? <laughs> I know. Well, and I think sometimes we could get to like we think about the 10 commandments and I don't know about you, but I feel like I've heard so many arguments from politicians and different people saying if we just can get the 10 commandments slapped onto the side of a school building or in a polit in, in like a political building, then the people of America will live into the Christian values, will become holy, will become like some sort of good people. But the thing is, is that if we see them in just as they are without knowing the before and after the context of it all what god was doing it literally just becomes this list of rules to follow or don't follow like Etched don't do stone. this do that and so much of our christian faith from my experience has been this list of rules to follow instead of seeing god as trustworthy instead of seeing god as this abiding loving relational god in my life who begins in this space of like God making the first move. I tend to see the the Ten Commandments as like, if I don't follow these things then I'm not I'm not measuring up and God's gonna reject me. And so without that context of love first, somebody who doesn't have any relationship with God could read that list of rules and feel excluded or mm. feel like they could never measure up mm. or feel like God is super judgmental or condemning of them as a person. So the foundation, like before we even get to the Ten Commandments, has to be that God shows up, that God loves you, that God delights in you, that God wants to rescue you. And God likes what he made. That's right. He called it good. Mm, that's right. Mm, that's so good. And, and, uh, and he wants you to know you can trust him. Yeah. As you enter unknown spaces. Yeah. So with these... Um, we're going to read the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Um, and what I'd like you to do is, um, uh, when, as you as we read these to you, I'm not going to put them up on the screen because I, I specifically just don't want them to feel like we're reading a set of mm. like rules. I want you to hear them and listen to them. Um, and, and even for a minute, just you could pause the video if you need to or the podcast and, and just um, like set yourself up a bit to just really listen to them and like what they're trying to say but not like what the rule is but what is it trying to say even mm. about god what is it trying to say about how god wants us to know that we can trust yeah okay um that's good so i am gonna read these okay and and then um yeah and then we'll, we'll talk about them just just briefly mm -hmm. um so it says this in exodus chapter 20 verses 1 then God spoke all of these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. 
You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above, or that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I know, for I the Lord your God am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquities of parents to the third and the fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the, of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son or your daughter, your male or female, your, um, your livestock or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it, or made it holy. Honor your father and mother, so that your days may be long in the land that, that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not cover, covet your neighbor's wife or husband or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Amen. May the Lord add a blessing to this reading. We're not reading past that, right? Nope, that was it. Okay. That's good. So we're just going to have just a brief discussion um, about these, mm -hmm. you and I. Yeah, yeah. And then I want to bring some clarity to them a little bit more. And, okay. And then we'll, we'll see where it goes. So uh, so the first was, you know, that, that first command, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. It's like Jesus, It's like God is saying in that moment, this is what I've done. You've seen me work this out. This is who I am. I've already proven to you who I am, and I am now reinstating it. I'm, re I'm saying it again. This is like the foundation of it all. I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make uh, yourself an image. And so coming out of Egypt, remember, this is like a way to rend Egypt out of the people of Israel. They'd only known slavery. And so God is trying to create a new name mm -hmm. for the people, mm -hmm. a new identity for who they are, that yep. they are people marked by justice and peace, worshiping God, mm -hmm. a God who is trustworthy. And so this whole sense of like no other gods before me, that is like it, Egypt had so many gods. Every God had its own purpose and it wasn't like there was a hierarchy of gods. And so for God to say that, like Yahweh to say that meant that he, that God was saying, there is no other ones. All those other ones that you are used to worshiping, that have been on your mantle your entire life, those do not come before me. Now there's a sermon right there. We got to do a sermon sometime on idols. Yeah, um, I mean, I, and, and I think just different is, the, the different images that we have. Totally, because this isn't just for the Israelites. I think it's for us as well. Like, I mean, my phone is is recording this right now, but my phone is easily an idol. I often spend more attention on my phone than I do to God. So Her phone is gold, by the way. <laughs> it's golden. <laughs> um, you shall not make yourself an image in any form. So I, I just, I want to sit here just for a second because I think it's so important when it says, I am the Lord your God. I'm a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents 
from the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. I think that sounds really harsh, right? But how many of you are living out the sins of your parents in your body from the trauma that you mm. experienced, uh, from from the ways that you have experienced trauma in your own self, or your, your grandparents, how they experienced trauma, and that trauma passed through the DNA of them into your into your parents and pass from that into you. I mean, you know, you when when Jason's had a lot of anxiety his whole life and something that your therapist. I'm, I'm always the 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 person that you want to bring as an example. I know, so <laughs> my example. No, but one one of the times your par- your your therapist said you have been a student or a disciple. Dis- a disciple of anxiety, but that anxiety is transferred from person to person. That generational trauma is that sin and and i don't think that's god punishing but it's the consequences of traumatic things but it says um that that god shows love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments and i think that that is that is far greater that that god's love is far greater and goes farther than any generation could Mm -hmm. ever imagine so no matter what's happened in the past god's love overshadows all of it it is the bedrock of everything that you do it actually heals those traumas of your life can I ask you yeah. a question please um why do you why do you think we say these things every week to people <laughs> I, I mean for me i just i i just i'm so compelled to do so like i me too. i love you all so much and i love jesus so much and i just like there's no greater way to live. Yeah. No, yeah. me too. I mean, I wasn't questioning. I just, I, I love that we get to do this every week yeah. and, and remind people about, um, God's trust. Yeah. yeah. Um, God's faithfulness. I mean, it's really the same things that we always come to every week and it's because we are forgetful people Yeah. and we need one another so desperately That's um, right. to, to, to do this walk together. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So we're on a, Uh, thanks for the side note. Yeah. (laughs) You shall not misuse the name of the Lord, your God. And you know, when I was a kid, I always thought it was like, don't say, oh my God. But this has to do with like slandering God's name, Mm. like with our behaviors, the things that we say, our nationalism, all of those things become misusing God's name. It's taking the Lord's name Mm. in vain. Anytime we gossip or say something mean about somebody else, we are speaking against the image of God that is within that person. We are slandering God's name. Yes, yeah, I was thinking about just the way we use our words mm. with one another. Yeah. Um, the way we use our words perhaps on even social media. Yeah. Oh my um, goodness, that's a it's a big one. Yeah, the the there's a lot of a lot of conviction there. Um yeah. but it's not to change out of guilt, it's to change out of knowing just how much God loves what he made. That's right. And all of this that that God, that Moses wrote down, that God had given, had to do with God trying to shift a people, rending things out of them. And like there that are phrase, things, rending. There are things in us that need to be rended out. So we remember to then rend and come back to the purposes of God. The, the Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. This was given to a people who had never experienced anything but work, constant work. And God, I mean, you know, we, we know from like the creation account that that Sabbath was this beautiful gift that God had given people and still gives people today. 
but it was at that moment it was to reorient these people to be able to see <coughs> to be able to see that God delights in them and that they get to delight in God that they aren't they aren't known by how much they can produce but simply by the love that God has for them and then it says even it says that um that no one should do work nor any foreigner residing in your towns so for them coming being the foreigners in Egypt always working being enslaved God is instilling a new way of being human in the world by saying even the foreigners who come into your town don't ever ever let them not have that sabbath everyone gets that sabbath that's good honor your father and mother um this is a beautiful one because there's this not only is it a relationship between human beings but it's also this relational aspect um, between us and God that the divine parent that we have so we get to honor God as parent and honor our family members as they are meant to be honored so that's kind of like this transition of, of the Decalogue so the first four verses is really about what it looks like to honor God and worship God and then that that verse five or that that fifth one of honoring your parent is kind of like that transition of between neighbor and between God that divine dance almost and then the last five are all about what it looks like to be good to each other what it looks like to be in relationship what it looks like to to love your neighbor as yourself you shall not murder um you know Jesus expands that even greater of course in the in the um, sermon on the mount you shall not commit adultery um you shall not steal you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Um, you shall not covet your neighbor's house or wife or male or maidservant, all those sorts of things. There's like this sense of, of covenant that God is wanting to invite people into that extends beyond the relationship with God, but also mm. extends into the relationship we have with each other. That's good. That's good. Any thoughts before we keep moving on? No, I um, I just want to encourage us to not use these as this um, this regimented list of things mm -hmm. that you know need to be etched into our walls. I mean, yeah, these. I mean, a lot of these things I actually think are already etched into us as human beings, mm -hmm. and it's just God making aware, making us more aware of those which are already true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and. The things, the Bible is all about justice, y'all. Like it's all about God making sure that there's equity for every single person. And so when we see these things, I mean, we think we see like, of course, you're not gonna murder. But Jesus takes it so much further. Like God, like Jesus is trying to get to this place of actual justice for all people. That that I'm not going to take what's not mine. I'm not going to allow or be okay with one percent of the population having. 90% of the wealth like that is stealing that is not living in a just way and so as Christians we have to look at those things see them for what they are and make reparations to make it right mm. for the way of God so I want to I want to talk for one minute one, one minute maybe five more minutes then we can land the plane but I want to talk a little bit about this sense of bringing some um, deeper contextualization to this these 10 commandments what it looks like in our everyday lives if that's okay um so jason and i are gonna we're hitting our 20 year wedding anniversary that's two zero we could do like this like you put up 10. oh 
Nice. Is that stupid? That's pretty stupid. Well, we did it. <laughs> Stop me in a row next, next month, we'll, we'll hit 20 years. And um, something that we do often is we ask each other, am I meeting your needs? Mm. And I the, ask her way more than Jasper. <laughs> the reason we do this is because we are busy. We have a lot on our plates. There's a lot of distractions that keep us uh, from being present sometimes to each other. And we could go for a few days without actually checking in and making sure that we're on the same page uh, if we're meeting each other's needs. And so sometimes we need to do that in order to get refocused on what our marriage is meant to look like. And, and oftentimes people have compared the Ten Commandments to a marriage of sorts, uh, like a hmm. relational sort of a thing. So with that in mind, I kind of want to talk about that. I want to you know, take us through each one. So um, Through each commandment? Through each commandment. Oh, so okay. so if, if I am looking to Jason, and you know, we've on our wedding day or anything like that. And like, these are our vows for our, when we're like going to get married and I write my vows to him and he writes his to me. Then the first one would be like, the first five would be, um, Jason, I am asking you to love me. And the way that I need you to love me is number one, there can't be anybody else. Like you can't have other girlfriends. Like, it's just me. I'm, I'm the one you've married. And the second one is, I want, I want you to put me first. So not only do you not have any other girlfriends, but, but I want myself, I, I need to become first. So even before our kids, even before your mom, even before your friendships, um, everything else comes after me. Hmm. Um, three, don't degrade me. Don't put me down. Don't belittle me to your friends. Don't call me the old ball and chain, <laughs> things like that. Uh, four, remember our date nights, um, our intentional connection time, and make it set apart. And five, honor my relationship that I have with my own creators, my own parents, those sorts of things, because that's kind of where I've come from. So there's a sense of honoring where I've come from. Bethany has made me tattoo these on my back, so <laughs> just... Okay. So the first five is what we look like to love God. So this is like for me saying, will you love me? Okay. I need you to love me. And then the other would be like, love other people. Can you be a loving person? So Jason, will you, um, don't be mean. Like don't hurt anyone or get into any fights. Um, be faithful to our family. Like make us a priority. Uh, don't cheat or try to get ahead or take stuff from people or like, you know, try to like undercut somebody to get a promotion. <laughs> Just don't do that. Um, and I, number nine, I guess, would be um, don't lie or manipulate the truth to make yourself look better. And number 10, like don't be materialistic. Don't find your self-worth in stuff or um, or always have to work to to find some sort of image for yourself. Like just be satisfied, um, a spirit of contentment. And then, you know, from there we disciple our kids in the same ways. We show them how to live that way, what it looks like to love, um, to love his wife and to love others or to love God and love others, of course. And I think this is why you see like, you know, the festivals that we see that God would always get really frustrated with in the Bible, God would have these different festivals that the, that the people would do to help them remember because it's all about remembering who they are mm -hmm. and, and what God was doing. So, so these festivals were to then help the people remember. Now, if, if 
Jason was like out and about, like doing different things and never home and going out with his friends all the time and kind of like mean when he was at home. He was like, we're walking on eggshells all the time. It just doesn't feel very safe to, or like very comfortable. But yet he, so every day of the week it's like that, but then every one day of the week he's like, oh, it's our date night. I better show up to that date night. And it was fun for him to show up to the date night. Well, would I feel like that date night was special or set apart? Did, would, would I feel loved and cared for just because he's excited about coming to date night, but the rest of the week he did his own thing and not really connected with me at all? Well, no. And that's why like you see in the Bible, God getting so frustrated at the festivals and these holidays and saying, you're actually not loving people very well. I'm tired of these when you're neglecting the poor, when you're neglecting my people, when you're, when you're, you know, ostracizing and marginalizing those around you. And then you come to this festival or you come to church on a Sunday, but the rest of the week, you're kind of a lousy person. That the beautiful thing about these festivals is when they are, they, they help reorient our minds back to God. Sundays, help reorient our mind back to God. It helps us remember that God is trustworthy, that God has been with us all along. And sometimes, sometimes we need other people in our lives to point out the ways that we've been lousy, the ways that we haven't been loving our neighbor as ourselves, the ways that we've been self-centered. And Sunday helps us remember to do that. And being in community helps us remember to do that. Mm. Yeah. Any last thoughts before we wrap up here um no okay i i think these sorts of 10 commandments are important for so many reasons but one of the main is that it reminds us that god is trustworthy and that god is wanting to reorient our minds away from egypt away from those sorts of spaces that were um taking our focus away from god and so sometimes we want to go back to those things so be in community, be in a space of willing to see those, allow God to reformulate your mind and your heart back to God. Peace and grace, everyone. <laughs>